What is up, y'all? Welcome back into the Across Bucket podcast. You see the sirens in your feed. You know this is an emergency podcast. And uh, big news we do have on this Friday evening as Mike Pressler has retired as the head coach at Bryant. Chris Jashemski, first reporting the news, dropping a jazz bomb here on Friday afternoon. The school officially announcing the move on Friday evening. A few hours later, Casey Broderson will be taken over as the interim head coach while a coaching search gets underway there in Smithfield. Presser obviously, you know, taking Bryant to the next level, taking them to the Division II semifinals in his second season in 2008, winning the NE10 title in 2007 as well as 2008, guiding the program through its transition to a Division I program in 2009, seven NEC championships, five NCAA tournament appearances that those folks used. They couldn't compete in the NCAAs as they uh, moved up. 2014, obviously the best season there for Bryant as they went 16-5, won the NEC, and they had that famous upset against Syracuse in the Dome in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Probably still one of the uh, best, one of the top-rated upsets in college lacrosse history. Going to Walt there in cage, a uh, you know, fantastic team that was in 2014, that 16-win season. Still program record. The Bulldogs, you know, went to the NCAA tournament last season in 2021, gave Virginia a run for their money in the first round in that game there this past season. They went 8-7, and 6-1 and one in the NEC, and saw their season end with a loss to Hobart in the conference semifinals. That really shocking, uh, surprising result there uh, in that game. Hobart winning 21-5. to five, A, uh, you know, it's probably one of the, you know, I, I know because it was conference tournament week and there's so many games didn't get talked a lot about, but one of the more shocking results of, of the postseason this year was that game, um, given, you know, Hobart's a good offense, but given what they did against that Bryant team in that game, uh, putting up 21 points and allowing five, uh, holding the Bulldogs to five. So, no, big, big news here out of Smithfield. And should mention, you know, Bryant will be moving to the America East next season from the NEC. Uh, that takes effect on uh, just under a month from now on July 1st. Now, talking to some people this afternoon after the initial reports had surfaced that he will probably be leaving my understanding that he will likely, like this has not been announced yet, but he will likely take the uh, head coaching job at Highland Park in Texas. So uh, doing, you know, a little stepping down from the retiring from the college ranks, heading south and 
going to go to a high school ball there uh, in the state of Texas at a really good high school program there in the Lone Star State. So Mike Pressler, obviously, out at Bryant. Wish him all the best. He's been, you know, a, a, a consistent winner. Helped, you know, really built the foundation uh, for Duke that Duke that Donowski has taken to the next level. Obviously, you had that situation with his exit there. And, you know, he, he goes to Bryant and he oversees the move from Division Two to Division One. And really, you know, the, the way that Bryant did that and the success they had uh, became a model for a lot of other mid-majors to follow, not only just moving up, but just how to sustain success. Uh, really nothing but success we saw at Bryant under Pressler. 153-103. Record that's a 59% win percentage in his 16 seasons there at the helm. Uh, you know, seven NEC titles, five NCAA tournament titles, six if you count the uh, the Division Two one, a Division Two semifinals appearance if you count that as well. Uh, but but just at the Division One level, just consistent winners there in Smithfield, and while they weren't at the top or at the pinnacle of their performance each and every season, you knew coming into the season, look, Pressler's got a good squad, and they're going to win some games. And, and they did that. And, and, and they're going to be competing for an NEC title. And, and they did that. With the exception of that 2019 season, they, they really ha- have just been a consistent winner. as a couple other seasons there as well, but really – over the course of the 16 years that Mike Pressler has been at the helm of Bryant, it's been nothing but success there. And doing so, you know, with, with players that you would call under the radar, going and getting these kids from California and, and a lot of these other you know, non-traditional hotbeds, getting these athletes and, you know, turning them into – you know, from from good lacrosse players to great lacrosse players, and putting together a great team, um, we have seen Bryant just continue to be a consistent winner, and they 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 did that for sixteen years. Was a consistent winner, Division Two, and now in Division One, as one of the you know model mid-major programs. So uh, this is a, 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 a big, big piece of news here on Friday evening as Mike Pressler will no longer be the head coach at Bryant moving forward. But somebody will. Somebody will. Who will that be? Honestly, I don't know. But I'll, I'll tell you this. And, you know, without having any inside track or anything like that, I I, I will tell you, you know, Casey Broderson, current assistant coach, who's now the interim head coach, there is, you know, 
he's been there for 12 seasons now. And he has done a really good job over those 12 seasons. I don't think that there's a situation where Brian looks at this job, looks for a replacement, and doesn't give Casey Broderson even an interview. In my mind, he's probably the front runner for the job. Again, I don't have any inside knowledge of that, but just based on what I've heard of him, what how stable we've seen this program be, I would not be shocked if Broderson is elevated to the head coach. And, you know, he's been a guy who has been there for 12 years, as I said, and has really, really helped build and sustain the success that Brian had. He knows what it takes. Works 12 years under Pressel. He knows what it takes to be successful at Bryant. So why you wouldn't look at him at least first and foremost, um, it, 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 it is beyond me. But I think that is the guy that, you know, they're probably going to gonna go with. I, I, I would actually be surprised, be surprised if it was not Brooks. Um, and again, like I don't have any inside track on that, but just knowing what I know, um, I, 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 I would be surprised if it wasn't Broders. Um, you know, now let's say he turns it down, you know, whatever. Um, then that might be the only exception where I would say, yeah, they're probably going to be, you know, looking elsewhere. But other than that, I really don't um, don't think that there's really any other, you know, top option outside of Broders. And, you know, talking to some people this afternoon, this may have been a situation where uh, it, it, it was kind of in the works um, from the preseason. It was in the works that Pressler was going to step aside after this season. Um, you know, again, wish him all the best. Um, and, and again, if that is the case, I think that's even more, more so that more likely that Broderson is the guy because oftentimes when you see coaches like a Mike Pressler, you know, step down, retire after very successful runs. And it's kind of quietly done, quietly arranged. Most of the times it is, hey, this is, you know, they might not say, hey, you have to have this guy as my successor. It might not be like, you know, Coach K appointing his successor, but you kind of give them a little nudge of, hey, I, I would like it if if you looked at this guy. And being, you know, already there, and being an assistant coach, Bryant knows who he is. Bryant knows the kind of guy Broderson is. They know what he's capable as a, of as a coach, uh, as an assistant coach. Now making that jump to head coach, you know, those things that 
you have to do that. And I've heard this a lot of times from, from, from coaches who've been head coaches and aren't head coaches anymore. It's, you know, uh, the things I had to deal with off the field was so much greater. You know, I just wanted to coach and I couldn't do that. And so, you know, there are guys who are like that who say, I just want to coach. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how how this rolls. But I, I, I would be absolutely shocked if Broderson is not the top guy for this job and if he is not the guy who ends up, uh, you know, leading Bryant onto the field uh, when they take the field next season in 2023. Now, I mean, uh, Pressler is the, Bryant is the fourth coaching opening. Providence, fifth coaching opening of the season, along with St. John's, Providence, UMass Lowell, and NJIT. So we have now five, we now have five Division I head coaching jobs opened. I know Providence, there's been a lot of talk about some top-tier assistant coaches getting looks. Um, my understanding is St. John's is conducting interviews sometime soon. Um, I would expect a decision from both of those relatively maybe, you know, before 4th of July maybe. Um, it is what I would say, if not a little bit after um, at, at the most, but I would certainly expect something, uh, you know, sooner rather than later on both those fronts from people I've talked to and, you know, UMass Law and JIT. I, I really don't know what direction those those uh, programs are gonna go in. It um, you know both those programs need a lot of and St. John's as well. Um, you know needs a lot of rebuffing. Um, but NJIT and UMass Lowell are a bit different where they're newer programs, so uh, you still have that kind of ilk in it where you're still trying to build a program um, instead of rebuild a program. Um, in the case of St. John's and the case of Providence, and Providence I would say is less of a rebuild and more of just a retune uh, because they do have some young talent on that roster. I know there's been a couple guys who have entered the portal. Um, I know St. John's, the only, I don't I'll touch on this because I've been asked about this. The only player I know recruit who has decommitted is Colin Hannigan, uh, the face-off man out of Springfield, Pennsylvania, decommitted from St. John's. Uh, he was let out of his national letter of intent uh, last uh, earlier this week uh, out of Springfield, PA. He had a, a unbelievable senior season in the PIAA. And you know, really had a really strong game the other day in the tournament. Um, I believe they're still in there um, and you know on track to win a state title. I believe that Springfield got a really good, uh, strong program, strong team, especially this season. So um, he's a guy I could see was committed to St. John's. I could see getting picked up by a bigger program. 
uh, that needs a spot at the faceoff or has a, has room to take him. Um, you know, if there is a bigger program that has that, um, I can very well see Colin Hannigan getting put into that spot, getting taken in that spot, I should say. Before we get out of here, do you want to mention a few transfer portal uh, additions, uh, uh, news that we've seen? Kyle Mullen, the goalie out of Harvard, and then Joe Newman, faceoff man out of Yale, have both confirmed to me on Friday afternoon that they will be heading to Rutgers. So uh, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights transfer train is off the tracks and it's rolling. Uh, Mullen obviously being the most notable player mentioned there, an honorable mention or Ivy selection this past season helped me lead Harvard back to the first NCAA tournament appearance since 2014. 153 saves, 50% save percentage, anchoring what was a fairly young defense there and a defense that, you know, while not the best, they were, I think, 42nd nationally um, in terms of, or someone in that realm, in terms of goals allowed per game. They allowed 13 per game, not the best, uh, but again, a very young squad. And they did have a lot of really good, uh, young players and a lot of, you know, games where you saw flashes of greatness, flashes of, okay, this defense, the Jerry Bone method is is cooking and it's rolling and it's going to be pretty dang good. Um, and Mullen was the anchor to that unit there. In 2022, a three-year starter, 2019, 2020, 22 for Rutgers, he's going to come in there, uh, is going to you know, be able to compete at least for that starting job with the graduation or the loss of Colin Coast. Newman, he has two years of eligibility left that he can use. Uh, he tells me he plans to be at Rutgers for both of those each of the next two years. Um, he played in six games this past season, 51% at the faceoff dot, 20 for 39 there kind of as the uh, you know, one of the backups, if you will, as, as you did see Yale earlier, earlier on in the season, looking at, okay, who are we going to go with as the guy? Uh, you saw a number of different players play at the dot. Uh, Nicholas Ramsey obviously getting that nod. Joe Newman, I still remember the original Geico High School National Showcase uh, Nationals uh, Tournament, the original one of that where which was 2018 and he went like 96 percent um there for Salisbury as they won that title I still remember that he was one of the top guys in the country along there with uh Mikey Sisselberger I believe as well was in that class uh they're really really good face-off class and Newman uh, at the time what, what, what was one of the highlights of that class there um obviously sat behind TD Owen for two years uh, didn't have a season last year, uh, and then this year, you know, being a you know backup guy there goes fifty one percent in the limited action that he saw. I think there's a lot of promise there for for Newman, and you know, going into a faceoff room headlined by Jonathan uh, Dujano, uh We'll see how things shake out there in Piscataway. Hi, right, folks. That is it for 
today's show. As always, thank you all for tuning in. You can connect with us on social media at Lacrosse Bucket on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, lacrossebucket.com, where it's always lacrosse season. You can find the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast, and many others. Have a great weekend, folks.